here. You're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. On this show, we talk about mental health, well-being, and self-improvement from a Gen Z perspective. I'm your host, Faith. Hi, guys. I hope you're having a great day. At the time of this recording, it should be, I believe, New Year's Eve. So, Happy New Year, (laughs) or at least Happy New Year in advance. I am so happy to ring in the new year with you guys, and I'm even happier that we're able to chat a little bit about some of the great things that happened this year, some of the not so great things that happened this year, and kind of do like a, a year in review. You know, let's let's debrief, let's discuss what we liked and what we're looking forward to for 2023. But before we do all of that, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting the podcast. It means the world to me. You guys are showing me so much love and I greatly appreciate it. As always, please rate the podcast five stars because you enjoy it that much. And you can DM me on Instagram at It's More Than Potential if you like the episode or you are curious about a specific topic and you'd like me to cover that. All right, let's get into it. I'm not going to waste any time because we have a lot of ground to cover. So, okay, first things first, just to kind of get you guys' brains going so you can remember everything that happened this year, I have a list of things that went down. Okay, so let's start with the top 10 pop culture moments for 2022. Now, this is a list that I compiled in no particular order, and this is a list that I believe kind of summarizes some of the crazier things that happened this year. Okay, number 10, Kanye West becoming a nightmare we can't wake up from. The guy is just saying all sorts of crazy stuff. He's doing crazy stuff. He lost like billions of dollars this year in the span of literally a few months. It's pretty insane. I think it will go down in history as one of the more crazy celebrity meltdowns we've seen in history. Um, number nine, we've started to see a lot of viral TikTokers become real life celebrities. So think about the corn kid, Tariq, who has done a lot of high profile sponsorships and deals and collabs with other major influencers like Mr. Beast, who apparently is like a bonafide celebrity. He's like a, almost a billionaire. Crazy. Um, you know, the D'Amelio family. The D'Amelios were on TikTok and they got popular there, but now they have a reality show and they're going to like awards and events and they're just doing their thing. Um, Drew Afualo, if I'm pronouncing her name right, she's like a bonafide celebrity now, I feel. Um, The white girl, Brittany, whose name escapes me, like I forget her last name. She's also doing stuff with celebrities. That guy, Chris, who was in that relationship with that other gay guy, then they broke up. And then now Chris is like, his whole career is taking off. Yeah, like Chris is like, Literally with celebrities all the time. Um, Tabitha Brown is pretty active and she had the whole spit or not spat, the whole spat with uh, Wendy Williams this year, I believe. So yeah, like TikTokers are coming, becoming like real life celebrities. So I don't know. I think the golden era of TikTok is kind of past. So if you have a platform already and you jumped on in the pandemic, you really um, did that. As for the rest of y'all, y'all should have got on before now. Now it's a little, it's like, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in another, in another podcast episode, but yeah, TikTokers are becoming real celebrities these days. Um, we had some major films come out this year. Avatar 2 swept the box office and is probably going to be one of the highest grossing films of the entire year, despite being released like the last two months of the year. (laughs) Um, Avatar 2, uh, some Marvel films came out this year that were pretty big, including No Way Home and, of course, Wakanda Forever. Uh, the Woman King made a big splash this year. It's just a lot of really good movies came out, to be honest with you. And I think 2023 will be even better. Um, of course, the Tory Lanez court case or the trial happened this year. After two years of debating if he actually deserved to go to jail, he was actually indicted and he was uh, convicted of three counts of 
charges. Yeah, three charges, guys. Sorry, I'm not a legal person. I'm not a lawyer. Just know that, you know, he in trouble. He going to jail, I think. Uh, Ticketmaster got in trouble with Swifties and then the government got involved. Something about antitrust laws. It's, it's a lot going on. But essentially, I guess we're having conversations about Ticketmaster being potentially a monopoly. Weird how that worked out. Um, we'll have to keep watching to see what happens with that. Um, number five, The Little Mermaid is a black girl and the world melted down. People were so upset about diversity and inclusion. It was just a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see Halle Bailey play The Little Mermaid. Her vocals sound amazing. She looks beautiful. She's going to kill it. I have no idea what's going to happen with the rest of the cast. I'm preparing for it to not be a great movie, but I am preparing to absolutely love the soundtrack and love Halle in it. I'm sure she will be catapulted into stardom in 2023. Uh, number four, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard had a huge uh, court battle this year I don't really care to give my opinion on anything the point is it was a pretty big court case and I think it definitely made waves in the industry number three uh don't worry darling I feel like the media press around that movie was freaking hilarious and I think it kind of helped Florence Pugh's entire career <laughs> so I'm super excited to see you know what happens with that and also uh how that movie is going to be acknowledged or not acknowledged. But yeah, that whole controversy with like Harry Styles and like Florence Pugh and like Olivia Wilde and, and Shia LaBeouf, I guess, even though he wasn't in the movie. Yeah, a lot went down. Um, number two, Will Smith's slap heard around the world. I think it really did echo and reverberate across uh, social media. I feel like everybody had a huge meltdown as a result of it. And looking back, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Go figure. Number one, like I said, this is in no particular order. I'm going to also add um, all the stuff that happened with the Royals this year. Like Meghan and Harry did an interview with Oprah this year. And then they came out with their smash, uh, their smash hit, which is this docu-series on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive yeah, it was a really big deal. And I think that now that Megan has a little podcast going and she's a working woman, I don't know what Harry's got going on. I think Harry came out with a book. Yeah, Harry came out with a book. I'm going to read the book. Um, But yeah, like, I don't know what Harry got going on, but he's doing something, child. I don't know what he's doing. But yeah, like, it's a big moment in pop culture. You know, Megan is really in her American bag and she's generating that revenue, honey. She's spilling the tea. She's spilling the beans about what happened in the royal family. Okay, so yeah, those were, in my opinion, the top 10 uh, pop culture celebrity moments in 2022 that have definitely defined this year. So I also have a list of global events, more political type stuff that happened in 2022 to kind of refresh your mind about some of the craziest stuff that happened. Now, all of it is not technically political. I just want to point out that some of the events are political, some are not. So top some of the top global events in 2022, in no particular order. Uh, number one, Iranian protests after Masa Amini's murder. Um, they've, been, they've been going up in Iran, y'all, after the morality police killed uh, Masa. And it's just been... It's been a lot, y'all. Honestly, Iran, Iran has a lot going on in general, but I think these protests and the subsequent like uh, suppression that they've been experiencing on the internet, like it's harder for them to post online for a while. I don't think it's still that way anymore, but it's just a lot going on, guys. Um, it's just a lot going on. If you don't know, if you haven't been researching, now's the time to go back to the, to, you know, Googling, go to Reuters and kind of just watch what has been happening so far. Um, number two, Queen Elizabeth II passed away this year. So really big deal. Queen Elizabeth was pretty old. So I think she was actually born in the 20s, if I remember correctly. So she had been around for a very long time. Like, I think she's older than the concept of hamburgers, if you can believe that. Like, I remember seeing that on, on social media. Fact check me if that's true or not. But yeah, she was really, really old. And so, yeah, she was a pretty big deal. So there's that. Um, also, I'm going to also add in with number two, uh, the, the British government has a new prime minister. So let's see how that works out in 2023. 
Um, number three, Russia invaded Ukraine. Big deal. Big, big, big deal. Had a, you know, a lot of repercussions. America placed sanctions on Russia. Uh, we are giving billions of dollars in aid to Ukraine. It's a lot going on. The Balkans and some other countries in Europe are preparing for potentially a, a bigger problem. Ukraine is, you know, trying to join NATO. That's not new. We'll just see what happens, guys. It's, 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 the situation is ongoing. Let's hope that this, you know, violent conflict concludes next year because we had a lot of refugees from Ukraine, a lot, a lot of loss of life in Ukraine. So it's just, it's a lot, guys. It's a lot. Okay, number four, Trump got raided at Mar-a-Lago this year. And I'm going to add in, in this same point, January 6th hearings, a lot came out from the January 6th hearings. If you watched them, there was a lot that was discussed and unveiled about the events in 2020. So I highly recommend you guys check that out if you need a summary or an understanding of what took place. Yeah, get into that. Trump getting raided was a huge deal. Enough said. Number five, street protests and instability in China. Honestly, number five is just dedicated to China in general. They just have a lot going on, guys. They deserve their own. They just deserve their own point because so much has been happening with them. If you've been keeping track of like, you know, what's happening, um, people are calling for Xi Jinping to resign, which we haven't seen this level of street protesting in mainland China in quite some time. Um, I would also say that uh, COVID has really impacted things a lot. I'm sure y'all probably saw that viral video of like the people who are working on iPhones. They were trapped in the facility and they were like barred from leaving. Weird, crazy, dystopian even. But yeah, this is all happening. Uh, the COVID restrictions have increased. And so they have like a zero COVID policy in China right now. And it's affecting their civil liberties. So that's probably increasing tensions. It's a lot going on. They've had a huge spread of COVID in, in China. Um, so yeah, play, pray for your Chinese brethren because they are down bad right now. Things are just, things are really bad for them. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I, I don't know if America is going to place sanctions on China or anything. I, I have no idea. I have no clue. None. Right. That, that's that's not what this podcast is about. Moving on. Um, number six. This deserves its own point, in my opinion. Like I said, I came up with this list. Number six, thousands of a zombie virus found in layers of permafrost in Siberia. That's thousands of years old was discovered this year. Um, and this is a, a part of a much bigger conversation about climate change and how it's impacting pandemics around the world. Like if you can imagine, we're coming into contact with pathogens and animals that we've never really come into contact before. And so researchers were able to revive this thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of years old zombie virus, what they're calling a zombie virus. So if, and they believe that since it was able to be revived, climate change can actually melt some of the layers of permafrost or, or permafrost or at least thaw it enough to revive the virus. And we don't have a way of essentially figuring out how to combat that. So yeah, we found that out this year. Pretty wild, pretty crazy. Look it up. It's true. Um, number seven, this is, I guess, part of the climate change issue in general. There were some crises that happened globally. Um, there were some huge protests that happened with scientists around the world about climate change. Pakistan, a good chunk of Pakistan is underwater. Um, there was heat waves around the world, China, Europe, the United States. Where I live, it was like 110 degrees, 115 degrees some days. Insane. Um, we're seeing the effects of climate change even in the United States where there's places like, you know, in uh, in Brooklyn recently, they had a huge snowstorm and people were dying in the snow. It's insane. So I just want to point that out. We're seeing um, bigger climate issues. And so scientists are saying, hey, we only have like maybe a few years to make some substantial changes. Otherwise, the effects will be irreversible to our planet. So we're, we can anticipate sustainability and ESG reporting initiatives and all that kind of stuff being huge next year. Um, number eight, the Supreme Court ruled to overturn Roe v. Wade. And I put this as like a point in the global sphere because I do think it matters if we're talking about like how other countries and their governments are going to treat anti-abortion policy. I do believe was it Italy that also has 
voted a woman into office that's anti-abortion and so we can we can expect to see some some momentum behind anti-abortion activists and legislation in Italy if I remember correctly I think they did have their uh, elections this year um number nine Elon Musk buys and then self-destructs Twitter Elon Musk buying Twitter is a global event and I believe this and I stand on it because a lot of people use Twitter, a lot of journalists use Twitter, academics use Twitter to spread their messages. And if you are in certain countries that are experiencing turmoil like Iran or um, other countries in general, right? They also use Twitter to spread what's going on in their countries, especially if the government's oppressing them. So long as they still have Wi-Fi, right? Because sometimes the government like slows the broadband or just cuts it off altogether. It's like a media blackout sort of thing. But assuming they can, they will try to post on TikTok and post on Twitter. And so the fact that, you know, Elon Musk is like doing, making huge structural changes to Twitter. I don't know how that will infect photojournalists. Um, it's just a lot going on with the way Twitter is being managed today. And I hope Twitter doesn't go down the pipe in 2023. I hope it doesn't just crash altogether because a lot of people rely on Twitter for information from like authority figures. And number 10, global inflation and energy crises. So this is huge. And I'm not, it's not like one particular event. It's related to other things I've put on the list. Notably, I did not include COVID as number 10 because I feel like it's beyond just the pandemic. Now we're seeing in some parts of the world that have the vaccines, we're still seeing supply chain problems. We're still seeing global inflation and we're anticipating a recession in 2023. Part of it was spurred on by the pandemic, but we were still going to have a recession at some point. So yeah, I, I do think that this is bigger than just COVID and there's other pandemics that we need to be concerned about. Um, we're already hearing warnings about another pandemic, but whatever. The point is, yeah, energy prices skyrocketing in Europe. People are freezing cold there. Um, we're just seeing a lot of instability. And I think, you know, it's creating a crisis amongst the people in rich countries who are not wealthy. They're struggling to put food on the table. We're going to see a lot of job loss and yeah, just... Bad stuff, guys. Bad stuff. Bad news bears in 2023. So, all right. Um, I think those are the biggest points or biggest takeaways for 2022. Let me know on Instagram if you agree with the list, if you think I did a good job compiling everything. All right. So let's get into me personally. So let's 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 get into the let's get into the tea. So what happened for me in 2022? What are some things that I personally liked that happened to me? I would say 2022 was a year of major change and growth, evolution, self-awareness. I would say I got into a relationship and I was able to see that I'm capable of being in a happy relationship that's mostly healthy. Um, I was able to travel a lot more this year. I was able to see my friends more this year, which helped significantly with my mental health. I was able to have a good paying job, leave that job, and then get a new job that's even better, making more money. Um, I manifested it. I was able to do what else? I think I was able to clean up my act a little bit. I start to feel like I'm becoming more the person that I used to be. I've lost some weight and I'm still losing even more weight. So hopefully by 2023, I'll be back to like my normal 140. I'll be more physically fit. So yeah, I think this year went pretty good actually. This 2022 was a year for the books. I can honestly say I had a lovely time this year and I know 2022 was really hard for a lot of people. So I know I could recognize my privilege, yada, yada, yada. But I just want to say like a lot happened and I know I'm only talking about good things because the good things are what really rise to the top for me. But some bad things happened too. Like I did lose my job and I struggled for a few months trying to find a new one. And, you know, yeah, I did have a lot of worries and concerns about COVID and, and safety like everybody else has. I mean, it's true. I definitely did have some moments where I struggled a lot with my health, not just my mental health, but my physical health. 
So I am actually taking some efforts next year to really focus on my health, my physical health. And I'm not going to chase the fads and the trends. I'm going to focus on what I need to be healthy, which is, you know, lowering my cortisol levels, making sure I don't, you know, have like diabetes and I'm eating healthy and I'm working out more, but I'm not going to do super heavy workouts. I'm going to focus on agility, core strength, and managing stress levels. So keeping cortisol down, um, protein heavy, fat, healthy fats, berries, um, leafy greens. Like these are the things that I need to be healthier and live a more well-rounded life. And so I'm not going to be eating as much red meat, which I don't anyway, but that's not the point. Um, some lean chicken, um, less white rice and more, you know, healthy fats that really will make me full and vegetables, lots and lots of uh, varieties of vegetables and fruits. So I've really taken away from this year a lot in terms of like what I need to fix. I think this year is when I became very self-aware too about all the things that I'm lacking and not in a bad way, just more so to help me understand like what I need to be doing differently as an adult, right? I, I had to cut off some family members this year for my own mental health and well-being. I've had to focus on, you know, showing up for myself in different ways. I focused on the spiritual aspects to life. And I think this year I've also really started to see how imperfect I am. But even in spite of my imperfections, I'm still capable of being loved. And like that has rang so true for me the entire year. Like I literally mean on New Year's Day 2022 from New Year's Eve 2022, right? Going into 2023. That theme has resonated so strongly. Like you are imperfect. Yes, you need work. Yes, you're kind of frantic. Yes, you're kind of all over the place sometimes. But you are in your flea bag era. It's okay to be imperfect. You're in your 20s. You're figuring out what you need out of life, what you need from yourself, what you need to feel supported. It's okay because you know what? You're coming into your own. You're coming into your own. Like, look at what you're doing, girl. You're killing it. You're kind of killing it, actually. You have an established brand. Great job. Good man that cares about you. Paying your own bills. Caring about your health. You're not perfect. You're making mistakes. But you could be doing way worse. Way worse. Right? Way, way worse. So I love that for me. And like encouraging myself, beefing myself up, reminding myself of like how far I've come, the obstacles I've had to overcome, the challenges. Like, ugh, I do not give myself enough credit. I really don't. I made it through, y'all. I was in the trenches for a long time. And 2022 was my day in the sun. It was my day to just feel good about myself and feel good about what I'm at. And I've had some difficulties and some challenges, but I feel like I overcame them to an extent. So now that I've said that, I want to go over some of the lessons that I've learned for this year and maybe there's some things that you guys can take away from it. Of course, though, these are things that I feel like ring so true for me this year. And I will take these lessons with me for the rest of my life because I truly feel like when I turned 26 this year, I put the childish things behind me and I'm moving forward into my grown woman era. You know, 20, you know, 26 to 29 is going to be me really doing the work on myself and seeing the fruit of my labor for the past three years. And the struggle is over and I'm moving into a whole new like place in my life. I honestly believe that. And I feel like I'm being called to that, but I'm going to get into that. So, okay, here's some lessons that I learned this year. I'm going to list them and they're in no particular order. Number one, travel is good for the soul. Invest in yourself by traveling, travel, travel here, travel there, travel anywhere, go somewhere, go somewhere with a body of water. Okay. That's a priority for me next year. I'm going where there's a body of water. I need to be at somebody's beach. I need to be in a tropical location. I can't even swim child. I just want to meditate and be near a body of water, get in touch with nature, really be present. Cause I feel like 
When I travel, I'm so happy. I'm so fulfilled. Traveling can be tiring, but it's so worth it. And I feel like too, I meet so many interesting people in airport lounges. And so these are experiences that I can can take to edify my life and become a more well-rounded person. I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to travel even a little bit this year. And I did some domestic travels, mainly domestic, but next year is going to be international travel. Next year is going to be me taking a leap of faith and going where I've never gone before. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really taking a leap of faith and and trying to step out of my comfort zone and do things I only would have dreamed of doing. Um, I would say that, you know, by and this is number two, investing in yourself. Investing in yourself can look a lot of different ways. Right. Because a lot of times when people talk about investing, they think it's like, oh, just going to put money in stocks or, oh, um, you should just go, I don't know, buy, you know, things that make you look good or are appealing to others. But my investing in myself is in my health. I will spare no expense on my health. My health is wealth. And you have to be an advocate for your health in a collapsing American healthcare system. So you need to be an advocate for yourself. Go find a naturopath to get your body right, get your brain right, get your body, get your spirit right. You know what I'm saying? Invest in yourself by investing in experiences. You know, you want to just like go live your best life the best you can. The experiences matter. Don't get fooled into the the social media mindset, which is that you have to have certain experiences to be a valuable person. No, your experiences count. They make you an interesting person. Traveling this year made me so fun and interesting. And I'm so excited to have my own travel experiences next year. Y'all, I'm speaking into existence. I'm going to Indonesia. I'm going to France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and Italy next year. Those are the six countries I'm going to. And I'm putting it out there. I am going. I don't know how, but I'm going. And I will have the funds to do everything I want to do. I'm going to backpack around the world. I'm going to make a ton of friends. I'm going to eat so much good food. I'm I'm just going to fall in love with myself by traveling and exploring who I am, independent of all the commercial stuff. I'm going to invest in that experience. And next year, I plan on going to Burning Man as well, which is a huge experience. And I'm meeting up with friends to do it. It's going to be so exciting. I'm believing in myself. And I'm believing that I'm going to do everything I set out in my heart to do. Everything I want. Everything I manifested, I desired at some point and took action and and actually acquired. So I'm speaking into existence now. That I'm investing in myself having these experiences because I want to live a full life. I've struggled enough. I deserve to have the fullness that life has to offer. And so do you. So just don't get tricked into believing that your worth is accumulated with the hair, the clothes, the makeup, the lashes. No, you are what you experience in this life. Give yourself every opportunity if you can to explore, try new things, go skydiving, have an adventure, make mistakes, be imperfect. Life is short and tomorrow is not promised. And I know, I know I have privilege to be able to say that, but y'all, I work my ass off. If you knew me in real life, those of you who know me in real life know I hustled. I hustled. I grinded. I made the sacrifices that most people would never be willing to make to get to where I am. And I'm only at the precipice. Right. So I just want to make that very, very clear that I didn't come from money. I worked for every little thing I had. I had to cut off family members. I was not supported financially to be where I'm at. I literally took so many L's for three years to get to this place in my life. And I'm just so grateful and I'm humbled by it. But also the struggle is over, baby. I'm living my living my life. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pay the money to have the experiences, to make the connections, to live the life that I want to live. For me, not for social media. Um, number three, become what you want to attract into your life. That is a huge lesson because I feel like we, when you're coming from a place of lack, it's hard to even imagine a better version of yourself. It's hard to even picture that if you're struggling paycheck to paycheck, you're struggling trying to eat, trying to get to that money. I've been there. I've been on the canned food diet. Okay, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. 
I know what it's like to go to bed hungry because you don't have food and you don't have anybody to ask for money, right? I've been there. And it's hard when you in the trenches to imagine a better life. But that's when it's most important to imagine you in a better scenario, right? When you eating that canned food, you eating them canned green beans and you don't have money for nothing else. You just eating beans and food, beans and water, right? That's when you need to imagine that what you're eating is caviar. That's what you need to imagine. That's what is most important to imagine a better future where you're not struggling. You have more than enough. That's when it's most important for you to look, look, look around you and say, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is where I am right now, but I'm coming up, coming up out of this, right? And you got to become it. And, and it's, it's internal, before it becomes external. And I'm so grateful that as I get older, a lot of the lessons that I've learned, the principles that I've learned come from God, but also comes from experiences. I'll give you a perfect example of becoming what you want to attract. So when I'm on TikTok, right? And I see a lot of these people giving out advice about how to be wealthy, how to have a wealthy mindset. I saw a perfect example. I saw this woman on TikTok advertising for people to go to the Ritz Carlton where rich people are and sit in the lobby and work on their laptop. And she was saying that you can do this to attract wealthy people or be in proximity to wealthy people, go to a bar or to a restaurant at a hotel and then network with people that way. Now I'm not against networking, but what I am against is doing things that you have no business doing because it's about your intention. This is a mindset thing. This is how you develop a truly wealthy mindset. Why would I go to a place where there's wealthy people just because they're rich? I'm not doing that. And it's, and, and listen, like the people were even trying to tell her, like, you could get kicked out of a, of an area going to use the amenities and you're not a customer. Right. You sometimes people won't even let you use the Starbucks restroom because you didn't buy a coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like it could happen. It happens all the time. Stop trying to patronize places that you are not actually a patron of. If you you aren't using the amenities, if you're not actually someone who is going to the restaurant, going to the bar or whatever, whatever. Trying to approach a rich person because you think they're rich and that is your intention. You're going there with the idea that that person can do something for you. You're coming there as an opportunist, trying to force an opportunity, trying to force a connection, get this person to want to give you what they have, what their resources are. What you should be thinking about is how can I maximize horizontal opportunities that are organic, that happen naturally, and how can I provide value? Because let me tell you something. If you think people who have money and have resources can't see somebody who doesn't have resources from a mile away, they can. They can tell if you don't have resources when you don't have money. They can tell when you're just there to get something from them or when you're just there trying to pitch a business idea. They can tell. They don't want that. When they Think about it. The optics of you going to a bar where they're drinking alcohol and their inhibitions are lowered to go get something from somebody. They're going to think you a lady of the night or, <laughs> you know, or something, something uh, to that effect. Like, your mindset should be, how can I provide value? How can I make genuine, authentic connections with people based on common values? Showing up at the Ritz-Carlton because you expect that somebody wealthy is going to be there. What values does that, does that guide you towards? Nothing. You're just showing up at a place with potentially wealthy people who may be in town for business. They may not actually be a part of a real network that you could build in the city. So it's just, it just seems like a, a really try hard idea by people who don't understand what real wealth is. Real wealth and attracting real opportunities into your life that you can take advantage of is understanding that everybody has something to uh, contribute. Everybody has value in this world. From the toppest of the top of the company, CEO, to the bottom of the bottom, to the janitors, to the, to the custodial staff, to the front desk worker, to the security guard, they all have value. Treat people like human beings. Be kind, be respectful, be gracious because you don't know who people know. You don't know what doors they could open for you because they like you, because you have good character, because you're kind, because you're respectful. 
That's what real wealth is. Wealthy people have good manners because they understand everybody has something to teach them. Everybody has something to offer. You don't need to go to the Ritz Carlton to be a wealthy woman. You're a wealthy woman where you can strike a conversation at a grocery store and find out this old woman in front of you in line has assets, resources. And you would have never known had you not struck up a conversation and complimented her shoes in the get in, 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 in Walmart, Trader Joe's, freaking Aldi's. Rich people go to Aldi's. What makes y'all think they don't go to Walmart or Aldi's or this place, other place? They do. They regular people. You never know what people have, what people have access to, who they know, because you're trying to judge them based off of, oh, this is the location where this is how they're dressed. No, I would go so far as to say, if you are a master networker, you know, the opportunity comes when you provide value. When you leverage the people that you are around first, stop trying to be vertical all the time. Try to find a rich man chasing high value, this chasing this go towards people you actually know and have things in common with. So for example, if you have a college degree, it makes way more sense to go talk to somebody who has the same degree as you or who went to the same school, the alumni network. You have no idea who's in your alumni network because you never went to the events. You never tried to connect. You never tried to socialize and try to provide value. Think about what you can do for other people, who you can put them on with, who you know, what opportunities, what access that you have, right? Think about that. Really think about the doors that you can open for others. Really think about that, right? When you start a new job, why not buy the the front desk people some donuts or some coffee to tell them thank you? Why not when you in a... um hotel lobby, tip somebody very well, tip your bellhop very well. Why not? If you're going to a restaurant, tip absurdly well, just because you can. Why not? Why not? Like, what about if you're in a new environment, you move to an apartment complex, give your landlords, give your property management staff or teams, give them Christmas cards and and Starbucks gift cards, just to tell them thank you. Just tell them thank you for, for everything that you do. You'd be surprised how kindness, generosity can open doors for you. That's how you become wealthy, by being a conduit for wealth, for power, for money, for influence. Be a conduit for intelligence, for for whatever gift that you have, wisdom. Give that. Be a conduit for that. And watch how doors open for you. You need to become a wealthy-minded person who provides value, who is generous, who is kind and respects all human life right? Who is a giver. Be a giver. Be generous. Be gracious. Be polite. That's how you attract the opportunities that you're looking for. You have to become the wealthy person mentally before you can start to see the physical results of that. Anyway, I'm gonna hop off my high horse. Moving on. There is no hard work. There's no luck, excuse me. There's no such thing as luck. Hard work creates the right opportunities as long as you are prepared. Prepare to receive the opportunities that you are expecting. It's one thing to try and manifest something. It's another thing to pull it down from the spirit realm into your physical reality and be prepared and ready to receive it. The reason why I packed my bags, I got boxes, I started orchestrating my move is because I was ready to go. I said, you know what? Spirit says it's time for me to get up out of here. I'm I'm getting up out of here. And the, and the way it works is you create the, con, the environment that's conducive for the right opportunities by working hard, by being disciplined, by showing up consistently, by being visible, by preparing for what you want. Dress for success, dress to be taken seriously, right? Do these things because it's who you want to be. It's who you're trying to become, the higher version of yourself, right? And if you do this consistently, the doors will open because there is no such thing as luck. What happens is people are given once in a lifetime opportunities that they are prepared for. And I feel like throughout my life, I've realized that now hard work, consistency, dedication, right, will yield opportunity. And it's up to you to seize it. Everybody gets opportunities, but not everyone is able to see. Not everyone is able to perceive the opportunities as they present themselves. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to help y'all out. Just trying to help y'all out. That's what I learned this year. I've been handed so many opportunities, but I just wasn't able to perceive it. I wasn't using intuition. 
I wasn't having the discernment. But now that I have, my doors are opening left, right, and center. Y'all wouldn't believe the doors that have opened for me by just using discernment, praying for discernment and then moving, taking action and trusting that God will provide the rest, right? And then just working hard to maintain what God has put in front of you. But I'm going to get to that later. What you fear tells you a lot about where you are in life. Some of the things that I was afraid of, it was because I was comfortable and I didn't want to step outside my comfort zone. Some of the things you are afraid of points to a deep psychological need. There's a battle that you have to fight that you're not ready to take on yet, but you have to take it on. Right. I'm just saying your fears can really tap into something deeper in you that needs to be restored, fulfilled, challenged. Um, I know I was afraid for a long time of certain things. I was afraid to cut family off. I was afraid to pursue my dreams. I was afraid to apply to certain kind of jobs. I was afraid to move and elevate my lifestyle because what if, you know, what if I can't afford it? What if I can't do this? What if I can't do that? And I'm not moving in fear no more. I'm not moving in fear because I know. If it is for me, God will provide every single time. I have to be willing, I have to be humble, have to be hardworking, but God will provide every time, every single time. So I'm just leaning on God. I'm trusting on God and trusting on, you know, whatever he has put in my lap, because what he's put in my lap, he intended for me to have in this point in my life. And I, I'm telling you, is so much intention in that you move when you move with intention and you trust that you can handle that challenge, you'll tackle the fear. Don't let fear hold you back from living a full and complete life. I swear to you, really challenge yourself to think about what it is that you're scared of. What is what is it that you fear? A big fear of mine this year, like I talked about, is cutting off my parents and saying, hey, like, I'm done. I'm breaking this generational cycle of, of keeping people around me I don't respect, I don't love, that don't care for me. And I gave them every opportunity to hear me, to see me, to save the relationship and they didn't want to. So my actions are speaking for me. If they want to get in contact with me, they're going to have to send it through the grapevine. They'll have to tell somebody else they want to get to me and then I'll, then I'll answer. But I'm done. Genuinely and truly. And it takes a lot for me to really be done with somebody and just cut them off. But, you know, I've only done it maybe twice in my life. But I was like, you know what? When I'm done, I'm done. It's time to move on. I used to fear that because I was fearing that I could not provide for myself, that by having not having that person by my side, that that would ruin me. But I realized is that they were being toxic to me. It was like the life force is being sucked out of me. And I realized that every good thing, every positive thing would be sucked out of my life affiliating with this person. I'm like, I can't do it no more. It's time to cut the head off, cut the head of the snake off and move on. Anyway. Number six, love is not enough. It's just not enough, y'all. I love a lot of people. I love a lot of things, but it's not enough for me to stay. Love is not enough. When God says it's time to go, it's time to go because it's not enough. It is what it is. There's nothing much else I can say. I don't know who needs to hear it, but just because that person loves you, just because they accept you does not mean it's enough to stay in a relationship. Moving on. Number seven, there is no perfect way to be an adult. A lot of people put on a really good front, but they don't know what's going on. I realize that I just wear my heart on my sleeve. So people can tell I'm a little bit frazzled at times. And I'm easily frazzled because I'm anxious sometimes, right? But I admit that. It makes me human. I don't hide it anymore. When I'm frazzled, when I'm concerned, when I have a lot going on, yeah, like you can tell. Right. But only a, a bad person will look at that as a sign of me not being worthy. Me being frazzled is just a sign that I need help, that I'm not some strong, independent, tough black woman who don't need no help. I'm not a fortress. Help me. Help me. Help. If you see something that I need to pick up, pick it up for me. You know, simple as that. It's no perfect way to be an adult. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to pretend to be perfect. I'm flawed. I'm imperfect. I'm, I'm proudly imperfect. But just because I'm not perfect, just because I don't have all the adulting stuff figured out does not mean I'm not killing it. And it doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of love. Doesn't mean that I won't figure it out. It just may take me some time and that's okay. Number eight, your parents broke generational curses that you didn't even think of. 
And this is why I say, although I cut off one of my parents, I am still grateful that, you know, she did what she had to do. Like she cut off some generational curses that I didn't even consider, but that were extremely important to my success. So trust and believe I'm very grateful for what has been done for me by the previous generation. We like to talk about what wasn't done for us, but we don't talk about the fights that they went through, the secret battles that they had to to, to fight and win for us to be who we are today, to be as articulate, to be as successful, right? They had to go through some hell to get to where we are today. And I'm grateful for that. And I think, you know, instead of just, you know, shaming and hating on your parents, really think about what generational curses and, and patterns they had to break for you to even have the opportunities you have today. Just think about it. Number nine, there is a compounding effect in life. So every action has a reaction. Every action, every choice that you make builds upon itself. Every time you hit the snooze button, what are you doing? Delaying the inevitable, what has to happen that day. Every single, every single even the many decisions, they, they equate to something much bigger. Less time in your day means you're rushing during the day. You're rushing through, you know, your, your self-care in the morning. If you even do self-care in the morning, then you wake up frustrated, upset. You start off the work day on a bad foot. You're playing catch up the entire day. You don't feel taken care of. You're rushing through lunch. You're rushing through dinner. And then you feel unfulfilled at the end of the night. Something as simple can throw you off. If you do that enough times during the week, you're exhausted. You get to the weekend and you're so exhausted. You're tired. You just can't. You can't do it anymore. I just want to point out to y'all, the little things matter. The little choices matter. Every time you're eating a candy bar instead of eating some fruit. Every time you decide that you don't really need to go, you know, read your Bible, don't need to meditate, don't need to go work out or exercise because you feel tired and you feel this, or you feel that, like get out your feelings. Every decision you make to not prioritize yourself adds up to something. Every time you choose someone else over what you need to do, every single time you choose not to honor your future self, your higher self. You're doing something for your present self. You're taking away from the future that you are creating. You know, just saying it's something to think about. And number 10, what you pay for, you must maintain. Physical debt, spiritual debt matters. I'm going to stop there. Just think about it. Also, having a bunch of tangible items, products, Services, you got to maintain that. Everything is not a subscription model. There are upfront costs. And sometimes there are costs that sneak up on you over time that you weren't aware of. And that all of a sudden, bills are due. And you got thousands of dollars to pay out of pocket. But you didn't realize that what you pay for, you got to maintain. Car, home electronics you got to maintain it the stuff in your home that look the little fancy gadgets they need to be maintained y'all just not realizing half the stuff in your house that needs to be cleaned that you never clean needs to be maintained if you want something better than what you have now you got to maintain what you have now i just i can go on and on but y'all get the principle and then the last point i wanted to make Joy and optimism is a choice. It's not naivete. This one hit me really hard this month because I realized that choosing joy, choosing happiness, it's it's a conscious effort that you have to make. It really is. I used to think that people who are optimistic, who believe in a better future, a better world, were just naive. But then I read the book. Um, I forgot what book it was. Dang it. It was a book about money. And one of the things the author talked about was the idea that pessimists. Being pessimism is easy, essentially. All you have to do 
is say that the world is ending and people will believe you. All you have to do is talk about the worst things that happened in a year and the worst parts of humanity and people will believe you and they'll call you prolific. But if you try to be positive and spread positivity and talk about the good things that happen, people don't believe you. People will fight you over it. When you're making predictions that are doomsday predictions, people automatically believe you and they'll give it more clout, more attention. Because they want to believe something negative is happening. They don't want to talk about all the positive things that, that are happening, that are happening, that have happened in the world. They don't want to talk about hope for the future. And seriously, once I realized how easy it was to be pessimistic, how easy it was to have these doomsday predictions, how easy it was to look for the negative in everything, I realized that positivity, joy, optimism is a choice. And I by and I converted to Christianity a little while ago. So one day I'll do a podcast episode talking about this, maybe if I feel like it. I don't know if I want to talk about it right now, but One thing that has become very clear to me is by being a Christian, I have in so many cases chosen joy. I've had to look at a situation that was a negative. Look at a situation that was hurtful. Look at a situation that I was like, I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of it. But in this moment, I'm going to choose joy. Even when I'm hurting, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to choose optimism. I'm going to choose happiness. I'm not going to sit in the negativity and sit in this low place. I'm going to praise God and praise my way out of it. And what that does is it raises the vibration in the moment. So that doesn't mean that your problem is going to be solved tomorrow. The point is that you are raising your energy levels and you're focusing on the positive, which makes it more likely that you're going to take positive action in your life. You're not going to sit around and be negative and sad and mope and groan and be pity, you know, try to get pity all the time. You're going to say, hey, like bad things happen to good people all the time. Even what did Megan the Stallion say? Bad girls have bad days, too. Everybody has bad days. Just because you have a bad day doesn't mean that you have a bad life. You may be feeling bad right now, but it's okay. Not every day the sun will shine, but that's why I love tomorrow. I love that song. It's so positive. I love that because it's true. There's always tomorrow. And granted, tomorrow is not promised. But I think having the mentality today that even though today wasn't the greatest, tomorrow the sun will shine again. There's another chance to do this life thing again. Keeps you into perspective. Puts things into perspective in the moment. And it helps you take advantage and be present of where you are right now. It helps you see opportunities as they present themselves. It helps you to make connections with people in the moment, regardless of whether you think they can do something for you or not. Anyway, so these are some of the things that I've learned this year. I have really tried to be very intentional about this list because I know it's edifying, it's uplifting. I was going to do a predictions list about things I predict will happen next year, but I've seen so much negativity about 2023. And we can get into that, but I would rather focus on the positive, the lessons I've learned, the joy that I feel, the hope that I feel for so many people. I feel spiritually, energetically, those people who are ready to receive it are going to experience a great year. But I think a lot of it comes down to your intentions and your actions. So I know me personally, I'm not doing New Year's resolutions because my New Year's is going to be spent being intentional. It's going to, it's going to revolve a prayer. It's going to revolve, you know, cleaning, thoughtfulness. And for the next few months, I'm just going to be putting out content that y'all love and trying to be the positive person that y'all will enjoy listening to, that you can receive from, because that's what y'all need in this time. Y'all don't need nobody else telling you how hard life is. Y'all get it. I get it. Life ain't great, but hey, it could be worse. I'm trying to be positive and spread that positive energy. And I know that's where God moves on the hearts of people. That's where the light is, right? And I truly feel like at the end of the day, this spring is going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. I don't know who needs to hear this, but stay focused, be consistent. If there are some things that you want in your life to change, take action now. Don't wait until New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Take action now. Work on it. Pray on it. Be consistent. And wait, because in spring, some of us are going to spring forward. 
I truly believe that in my heart of hearts. Some of you experience a lot of setbacks, a lot of disappointments, but it's going to be like a slingshot. Like you're going to get pulled back and get propelled forward in the spring. And it may look inactive right now because you're in hibernation mode. I know I am. But I think it's because some of us need time to rest and regroup after last year. We need time to plan, set good habits into place, be proactive, be thoughtful, be intentional. And come spring, I say March, April, some of us are about to sling forward like a slingshot. I mean, you're just going to propel yourself forward. Some of y'all are going to hit so many goals so quickly just by taking January and February to be productive. Just be productive. Be intentional. Get a lot of sleep. Get a lot of rest. Don't work yourself too hard. Focus on eating right. Focus on lighthearted exercise. Focus on things that are light, but setting the habits. I feel like setting the intentions and setting the habits for creating positivity is going to matter in January and February. I genuinely believe that. If you want a good year next year, January and February, get some positive habits going. Don't do too much. Just do a little bit. I would also say this is a real, this is a warning though. This is a warning. Be careful who you let speak to you, who you let in your ear gates. Be careful of the strange doctrines and ideologies because I feel like this, this, this stuff is coming to a head. And what you don't want is to be in communities surrounded by people with negativity, negative energy, dark energy, always pessimistic, always cursing, fighting and fussing and arguing. You don't want that in your life. I'm telling you right now, if you are vibrating really low, it's time to raise the vibration level. Trust me. Trust you me. You don't want to be in community with people who are vibrating low. Because time's about to get hard for a lot of people. And when times get hard, you need a reservoir. You need like a to, to pull something out of you. And if the only thing coming out of you is vile, is destructive, is chaotic, is messy, is argumentative, fussing and fighting and all this, you, mm-mm. If that's the only thing that can come up out of you in times of, in times of trouble, in times of strife, that's a problem. I would go so far as to say, be careful of how you're being influenced, the strange voices. I'm seeing a lot of strange stuff that's being said on social media. That's not true at all. I'm telling you, 2023, be careful who you listen to, y'all. And I'm saying, be careful of me. If I say something that's out of order, you don't have to listen. I won't take no harm by it because you're doing what's best for you. But I promise you, who you listen to, who you let in your ear gates, who you let drop seeds into your heart of anger, resentment, discord, destruction. I promise you those seeds are going to germinate in the next few months. So protect yourself, protect your energy, protect your space. I promise you, you will not regret it. I promise you, I promise you, when you start hearing these doomsday warnings and crazy stuff or whatever, be intuitive, think it through, pray on it, meditate on it, do whatever you need to do, but do not let people sow seeds of discord and dissent and anger, resentment in your heart. I promise you, it is not going to serve your higher self. It's not going to do anything for you, but cause you fear. And a lot of people are, are like fear eaters these days. That's the only warning I actually have for y'all. Because I feel this so deeply in my heart. It's, a, it's some things getting stirred up right now. And you don't want to get stirred up in a bad way. <laughs> That's all I got to say about it. But anyway, I hope you guys have a great new year. I hope you have some time to reflect. I hope you enjoy this podcast episode because I enjoyed prepping it for you. And most importantly, get some rest. Like, it's been a long year. Rest, recoup, re-energize, and and get excited because positive things are happening. Good things in the world are happening. And good things are in store for you as well. Okay? So much love, peace, blessings to everyone. Happy New Year. I was going to see all Lang Syne, but I can't sing it and I don't know the words. So I just hope that y'all have a good time and you enjoyed this podcast episode. All right. Talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.